Ah, hello there. Welcome back. This is the Extra Innings Baseball Show. I am your host, Logan Stump. That felt very, like, elementary. Uh, and that's my host over there, co-host over there, Jordan Wiegand, just to, I guess, what, this would be the right of me, but how are people saying this? Are you, yeah, you're technically to the right. Of I'm still on the right, okay. yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's good. All right. I don't know. I have no idea how TV works. <laughs> it looks exactly the way it looks to us here. Okay. <laughs> Oh, it's a good start to the show. But uh, Jordan, it is April 20th. Happy April 20th for those celebrating. Um, we don't celebrate ourselves, but if you if that's into you know what you do, then congratulations. But it's April 20th, Jordan, which means we are down another week of baseball, uh, and it's it's going pretty well. I mean, it, at least for my side of things, uh, you not so much. But that being said, baseball is back. And I'll continue to say that just because there was a time there where we thought maybe we weren't going to get to play baseball. But Jordan, Baseball's how you doing? On right now, I've got baseball the is Orioles right Athletics game on game yeah. three of that set. Yeah. Out of four, Cubs are getting ready to square off. They had to move their game tonight on April twentieth because of inclement weather. Jordan, uh, I think it was actually storms. Like I don't think it's snow, but it was snowing last game, um, so that was kind of cool to watch. But yeah, always a, an interesting time. As the season gets kicked off, it's uh, it's either snowing in ballparks, it's really cold in ballparks, or you've got like the isolated, you know, tornadoes that are rolling through because it's April and it's chaos down here in the south. So always a good time. But Jordan, how you doing? Everything good? I know you went to the doctor. Everything checked out. You're not uh, going on the IL, right? So hello darkness my old friend <laughs> um <laughs> that's how it's going right now uh health wise fine orioles wise not so great um <laughs> but uh hey baseball's back right and just yeah. looking at the positive um soon that won't be a positive soon that'll be like uh yes it's been back for several months and it still sucks <laughs> right now but Right now, this fresh into the season, it's still it's still a positive, right? Uh, I'll tell you one thing that's not a positive right now: this Orioles lineup uh, is not <laughs> not a positive. Not scoring like any runs. They've actually had very solid pitching, mm. um, which was the question mark going into this year. Originally, everybody thought the pitching would suck and the batting would would be okay, and. Um, it's not the case. So, you know, it's kind of like what up is down and what's down is up and what's left is right to throw it back to you at the beginning of the show and what's right is left. And, <laughs> you know, all this kind of stuff going on right now with, uh, with this team, which is so backwards right now. And um, yeah, ready to get into uh, talking about other teams as well, because uh, maybe that'll bring me some joy. All right, let's do it then. Uh, let's get in the American League East uh, standings, Jordan. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> I said other teams. <laughs> All right, so uh, American League East right now, uh, Boston sits on top because they're alphabetically first. Uh, they're six and five, along with the Yankees and Toronto, all sitting at six and five. So that goes Boston, New York, Toronto. Uh, you also have the Tampa Bay Rays at six and six, and then the Baltimore Orioles at three and eight. Jordan, I'm so sorry. Um, the AL Central looks like the Chicago White Sox six and four, Cleveland Guardians five and five, Kansas City four and five, Detroit four and six, and the Twins four and seven. A division that you and I knew uh, was kind of going to be a slugfest in the in a bad way, uh, trying to fight to see who 
could possibly be a number two team in this division, and it's kind of turned out that way. The ALS looks like this. Oakland, 7-5, and five, Jordan. Playing pretty well, not in front of a lot of fans, but doing it and uh, playing pretty well, which we'll get into. I, I got some beef to kind of throw at yeah, them. They've been kicking our ass right now. So. <laughs> uh, been play, but they've been playing really good teams, too. I, I've talked about that on, uh, on Word from the Warehouse, that, you know, mm-hmm. they really – tampa really well they played toronto very well um and here they are uh you know they've won two out of two so far as we're in the third game here out of four that they've taken from the orioles not scoring a lot of runs the a's in this set but they were scoring a lots of runs against tampa so, i mean mm-hmm. toronto and tampa um so it seems like their bats can come alive when they need to this is their first series at home by the way too and like you said um last Last night, it was like a 3,000-some yeah. fan showing. Yeah, and we'll get into that a little bit deeper because I do want to ask you about that attendance and just talking about clubs that are really struggling. We're going to get into the Reds as well um, coming up on the show so I can ask you and see if you got uh, any wind of what the Reds are doing because I know I get a ton of wind from what the Reds are doing because the Cub fans are always jumping all over Red News. But before we do that, the, the uh, Los Angeles Angels – are uh, seven and five in second place in the West. Seattle six and five. Houston six and five. The Texans, <laughs> the Texans, the Texas Rangers. Uh, they're two and eight. Uh, not the worst in the league. We'll get there. Uh, the Mets sitting at nine and three in the NL East. On top of that division and playing extremely well. We'll talk about the Mets coming up. Washington Nationals six and seven. The Braves six and seven. The Miami Marlins, four and six, and the Philadelphia Phillies, four and eight. Not the start they've been looking for. The NL Central, St. Louis Cardinals, six and three. The Milwaukee Brew Crew, eight wins, five losses. Man, they've really turned the corner and have looked pretty decent over the last couple of games. The Chicago Cubs at six and five. The Pittsburgh Pirates at five and seven. Cincinnati is two and ten. The Colorado Rockies, Jordan, like we all predicted early on. Uh, lead the NL West. The Dodgers, eight and three, are tied with the Rockies uh, at the top of that division. San Francisco sitting at seven and four. The Padres at eight and five. And the lowly Arizona Diamondbacks at a three and eight rate. So, Jordan, anything so far after reading off the standings that one stick out to you and two that you kind of want to maybe jump into first mm-hmm. here? Yeah, I, really the National League, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the Mets are the best team in baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, nine wins, right? Yep. Uh, which is the best, um, according to FB Ref. And Dodgers have nine as well. They have, I guess they haven't updated that on, uh, I said FB Ref, baseball reference. Uh, but Mets and Dodgers, best team in baseball. And then you have the Rockies, who are up there with eight wins and three losses. I think that's kind of the one of the stories, right, is that the Rockies are mm. playing pretty well. We talked about them last week as as well and didn't know how real they are. So I don't think we know how real they are. Um, but, hey, I mean, they're getting wins, right? Uh, so maybe all those people laughing at uh, Chris Bryant going there might, might have to um, kind of uh, reassess there. But talking about the Mets, if we go back to the Mets for a second, you know, nine and three – um, this is a team that was heavily favored because of all the moves that they made. They've had to go without DeGrom and their pitching mm-hmm. is doing fine. 
Uh, Francisco Lindor, by the way, batting like 310. He's definitely back on track from the disaster of a season year. And I think, you know, part of that is that the pressure is off of Francisco Lindor. All the pressure is kind of on the Scherzer um, and, and the new guys, right? Like right. Lindor was the new guy last year, and he had to kind of deal with that there. But he's settled in now. He just has to go out there and uh, perform the way he used to perform. And he's got uh, the best batting average on the team with 310. If we're talking about, uh, you know, players that play uh, like every game. That'd be Francisco Lindor uh, because uh, let's see the, the rest of the lineup is doing okay. I guess Eduardo Escobar is at 289, Jeff McNeil, 293, Brandon Nimmo, 296. And then you have, you know, like James McCann, Pete Alonso, Robinson Cano and Star, uh, Starling Marte who are in like the mid two hundreds and lower, you know, with James McCann batting 136 right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they have some good help off the bench. Mark Canha, who is, uh, on the 10 day IL right now is batting like 381 and Travis Jankowski is batting 375 playing in seven games and having 16 at bats, you know? Uh, so yeah, I mean, these, uh, the Mets are so far looking pretty good now we got to remember last year they were in first place for a hundred days of the year before falling and not even making the playoffs and not even finishing above 500 but uh i i don't see that under buck showalter um and i think just the quality they've had to bring in eventually it had to go their way right this is not the mets of old where they were uh a you know run awfully this is a billionaire who has money that wants to make the mets he's a fan the best team in baseball so he goes out there and gets an experienced manager he brings over scherzer he brings over and makes all these trades and he's okaying uh yeah he's okaying trades with for the gm to make and he doesn't care right he's like let's win this thing and guess what if they fall short this year i'm sure he puts even more money in next year and that's probably how it's going to go. And this is like we talked about in the preview shows, the Yankees of the 2000s, early 2000s, kind of like reawakened, but on, uh, in Queens instead of the Bronx. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. It's a team that uh, is also really good in um, their rotation. Their pitching staff uh, is one of the best in baseball. They have the best ERA overall. 2.36, uh, and these are not – so the stats that are read off of baseball reference and fan graphs, they do not update them as the games go on, which is really kind of strange because I think they do in other sports, but I think because baseball Yeah, they're not has live to, stats. Yeah. yeah it drives me nuts to, when we're doing this. <laughs> yeah, because I – like so I know – I only know this because um, the people that do bet on baseball, they actually have to confirm stats and stuff like that with baseball when it takes longer to do that. I think that's why – it takes longer for fan graphs and them to get a hold of official stats. Um, but as of right now, I mean, Jordan, if you're looking at their starting rotation, I mean, Tyler, or, yeah, Tyler McGill has a 2.20 ERA. Max Scherzer, 2.50 ERA. Chris Bassett, Bassett. Um, I love how the talking baseball guys let's do that. Um, 0. 0.75 uh, for Chris Bassett. You got Carlos Carrasco, who's at a 0. 0.84 
who also was very good with the Guardians, uh, I guess back then the Indians. But, I mean, guys that can just hurl a baseball and, and pitching extremely well. Um, and it's, it is. It's, it's like this team is building something at a core of – if you get DeGrom back, I mean, this team ends up being a core that could you know, take you into years to come. Um, obviously with baseball it's a little different because sometimes you think you've got that core that's going to keep taking you through season after season and then things happen and baseball is baseball and comes back to bite you but again like you said maybe this is you know like the yankees of the 2000 early 2000s where steve cohen's out there spending money tons of money he's connected to the fans through twitter he's connected to you know being a better baseball team he's constantly tweeting his his thoughts out about the team he likes you know getting involved with fans and he listens it seems to fans so it it is it'll be interesting to kind of see what the Mets do with uh, such huge success this early on in the season um, in a division that I think Jordan I mean looking at it we thought the Phillies might challenge in the division we thought you know maybe on the outskirts uh, the Nationals you know compete and you think the Braves would come up and, and be that top team in the, in the NL East maybe second you know best um, but the Braves really haven't played as well. Um, and to be fair, I mean, it, this looks like so far it's going to be the Mets division. And it's really hard to repeat success that the Braves had last season. But then you also got to think back, Jordan, this Braves team, which is pretty much constructed the same kind of way that it was last year, wasn't a team that set the world on fire. I think they had some 80 some odd wins. I think it was 86 or seven. Um, so it wasn't like they were scorching the earth. And I think that this Mets team is scorching the earth right now. Uh, and they, they still could add some more pieces, which could make them even more dangerous. Um, but yeah, so just kind of moving on from the Mets, Jordan, we'll get into, um, I guess how we'll do this is we'll kind of do American League, National League, just because it's easier to kind of sift through the information and talk about the, the leagues yeah. that it is. Um, but the first one that I want to start off with, Jordan, is uh, Miguel Cabrera four away from 3,000 hits. Um, did they play today? Because that was updated earlier today. And I'm not, I don't know if the Mets, I guess that should have been part of the, the actual research itself. Um, did the, or did the Tigers play earlier? I don't believe they did. No, they didn't. Um, They're playing right now against the right Yankees. Now. Okay. So this is like the perfect time for him to have four hit game because right. uh, that would really, yeah. that would really rub it into the Yankee fans. Oh, that'd be great. Um, so let's see. He probably hasn't hit yet. No, because Yankees are okay. All right. So yeah, currently as it sits, Miguel Cabrera four away from three thousand hits. Jordan Miggy also has five hundred two home runs on the career. An elite small list of players have only hit uh, that three thousand mark and over the five hundred mark uh, as far as homers. Um, and that list, Jordan, I mean, these are some, some serious names on this list. You had Hank Aaron who had 3,771 hits, 755 home runs, Willie Mays, 3,283 hits, 660 home runs, Albert Pujols, uh, another active player that has 3,256 hits with 668 home runs. Um, and Jordan, I think, you know, we're both kind of rooting for Al to try to push 700, uh, it'll take, you know, it'll take a really good season from Al, but I think it, it's attainable. Uh, Eddie Murray, who had 3,255 hits, 504 home runs. Rafael Paul Marrow, 3,020 hits, 569 home runs. And Alex Rodriguez, 3,000 hits, 667 
home runs. Miggy is joining the ranks with those guys, and that's a freaking good list to be on. Jordan, any thoughts on Miggy and just kind of what he's meant to this game? I mean, hell, he was playing when he was 17. I can remember him playing against the Cubs in the World Series. The dude couldn't even drink beer uh, or 18 or 19 or whatever he ended up being uh, when they did reach the World Series. But I think he debuted at the age of 17 or 18. I mean, the dude's been around forever and just continues to do it on a daily basis. I mean, pretty much most of my adult life, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, if we see when he debuted his first season, this is going to make us 2003, I was, (laughs) so he was 20, it says. I was uh, 12, right? So that's how long he's been playing i mean you know he played for florida uh marlins uh is what they were called back then until 2007 then he joined the tigers uh he won a triple crown right um Mm -hmm. i think in 2012 that that was where he led uh home runs average and uh rbi right is that what Mm -hmm. it is yeah yep so yep that was 2012 that he led all of that so just, just amazing. He's the last one to do a triple crown, mm-hmm. by the way. Um, I think that was a trivia question we did before, but <laughs> you know, that's the kind of um, just uh, you know, it, it's amazing. Uh, it, it is amazing to think he was a Marlin too, because I mostly remember mm-hmm. him from the Tigers at this point. It, you know, um, he's just been a staple of that team for so long now. And uh, look, I hope he gets to the three thousand hits soon and. Yeah, well, he just hit number 500, what, uh, last year, was it? Or yeah, last before year. that? Yeah, last year. Yeah. Um, yeah, because how many did you say he has? He has... 502. 502, yeah. I think so he's only had one this year. year. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, how much longer can he play? He's 39, right, in this season right now. So, uh, we'll see how he gets... Um, you know how he how he gets there because uh, that is that is an achievement for sure, and uh, we'll see how how he gets to three thousand. I would love for it to be against the Yankees as an Oriole fan, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, so if you if you look at Miggy's career, two time MVP, one Triple Crown, eleven time All Star, two thousand three World Series with Miami Marlins who were then the Florida Marlins, seven-time Silver Slugger, four-time batting title champ. Um, it, it, I mean, it really is. It, it's an amazing career. The kid ballot. played. I mean, first ballot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, first ballot. Yeah. I would probably um, agree. So it, it is. It, 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 you know what's weird, Jordan? Hold it's, on. If David Ortiz is first ballot, then yes, my count yeah. prayer is. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, no, it was just a good question, prompting. Um, so it was – uh, you know, watching his career, though, like you said, Jordan, it has been kind of strange because it's been kind of one of those situations where, you know, for a long time, the Tigers were, you know, not as great. Jordan's celebrating something. I don't know what's going on. The Orioles must be doing something right. Um, you're muted. We clearly just tagged this guy out at home and the ump caught him safe. <laughs> so I'm waiting for a replay here. And so is Brandon Hyde. <laughs> Uh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I was celebrating because I thought he was dead out, and then I was like, "Safe." 
No, I got it. Um, at least your team is kind of doing something. My team is currently losing four nothing uh, early in the first, so that's not good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just amazing to watch Miggy play. And, and like I said, it, it, I think the the hardest thing is that you know he plays for this Tigers team who've had their up and ups and downs. But I mean, over the last couple of years, they just not have been they've not been relevant, uh, and it, it's been a tough go for the Tigers. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm excited for Miggy. I hope he gets it. Um, I hope he gets it at home. I always like it when these guys break these milestones at home. Um, so it, it's definitely something that I think Jordan and I will be rooting for. Um, but I think that's it, unless you have anything else on Miggy or uh, what Brandon Hyde's currently doing. <laughs> I think they might be challenging this. but So this is a really good slide, by the way. Mm-hmm. A really good head first slide into home. But it looks like we got him before he touches the plate. Um, what he tries to do is he tries the swim move, yeah. right? Yeah. So his arms are both heading towards the bag on opposite ends. And um, our catcher was aiming for his chest instead of the mm. hands. But it looks like he does touch his arm before he actually hits right there, right before it's, and then he hits him in the head. So sorry for the live play by, oh, no, but I no. think he's out. It looks like he hits his arm right there before he hits the head, and that's before he touches the plate. But they're going to – I don't know if it's enough for them to over overturn it. Jordan says it is. Uh, I say I, it is. It looks <laughs> clear as day, but yeah. <laughs> they don't call us for the calls, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but if they did, Jordan has them safe. Um, I have a map. No, yeah. Let's move on to Byron Buxton, uh, Jordan, and – uh, Byron Buxton goes sliding into second base uh, and suffers a leg injury um, in the first inning of the Twins' 8-4 to victory over the Red Sox on April 15th. Jordan, I was watching this one live, actually, and if you slow down the, the uh, replay, it does kind of look like that ACL. Uh, and you probably know what I mean when I say this. It almost looked like a rubber band. Like It looked like it kind of like when he slid on it, was like pop. Um, and it did. I mean, I, I thought he gets up immediately, he calls time and he slams his helmet and his fist down on the ground, like in, in just complete anger and distraught and just upset with what was going on. Um, and the reason why Jordan people might be going like, what, what was, what's going on with that? If you're not a big twins fan, you, I guess you don't know this, uh, Jordan, uh, this will kind of be a fun trivia game for you. Uh, when was the last time that Byron Buxton appeared in a hundred plus games? He's out. They got him out. Uh, yeah, right. he was out. Yeah, he's hurt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, no, sorry. Was <laughs> when was the last time? What, what year uh, did Byron Buxton last play a hundred games plus? Uh, twenty thirteen. Wasn't in the league then. So maybe he played 100 plus when he was... <laughs> Yeah, maybe. 2015 <laughs> is when he debuts, Jordan. That's, there's your hint. 2015 okay. when he's debuting. I'll say 2015. Dang. No, you're, you're wrong. Um, Jordan, he's only appeared in 100 games one time in 2017. That's 2017. 140, 140 games. games. Yeah. But Okay, how many times in the minors then? Do you know that? Uh, over 100. Yeah. None. Do they play 100? No, I'm kidding. Do they play 100? Mm-hmm. Some of them okay. do. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go 2014. 
No, I nailed it with 113. Man, you're so smart. Look at I you. mean, 2013, sorry. You, see, uh, 125 games. Then in 2014, he had 31 games. And then mm-hmm. 2015, he had 72 before he got caught up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I guess he had an injury maybe in 2014. I don't know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just – it's been one thing after the next uh, with Byron Buxton. Um and it, it, it's it's sad because he says got such a high ceiling. He actually signed a seven year deal for worth a hundred million over the off season because they they do expect him to be a cornerstone of the franchise. And he is only twenty eight. Uh, I know that's not completely young. Um, it's pretty old when you're getting up there into that prime numbers. Like thirty is like when you start to kind of like you need to be hitting your stride. That's when you're you know prime years are starting to kind of run down and dwindle and he's almost there uh and jordan i can actually tell you um in 2015 buxton made his much anticipated debut and then missed all nearly two months of the season with a sprained left thumb in 2016 minnesota was headed heading to one of the team's worst seasons in the franchise and he had a knee contusion and back spasms that made him miss time may and august in 2017, his best season that he played, he had a groin strain and migraines. In 2018, he had migraines once again. He also missed time due to a strained wrist and a fractured toe. He uh, then kept frustrated. Or he kept injuring his toe in rehab starts. In 2019, he had concussion-like symptoms that cost him the season and also uh, bruised wrist uh, for most of the year. He only played 87 games. And in 2020, he was carted off in left field with a left foot sprain um, as they were ramping up to the season. And then 2021, Buxton was off to a torrid start uh, and then had some hamstring issues and a hip strain. This guy's like a walking medical bill. I mean, the, the it, it's, it's so sad. Like, it, it really is, and it? Uh, I think Jordan could be one of these premier players in the league if staying healthy or if he stayed healthy. I mean, in 2021, he only played 61 games, Jordan. He had 19 home runs, 32 RBIs. He had 23 doubles, 72 hits, and just 234 plate appearance or sorry, at bats and 235 at bats. And it just, I mean, it's really sad. He's got a hell of a glove. He's got great range. He's one of the top players in this league. And the Twins just signed him for seven years 100 mil jordan like i mean is it do we ever see a full season from him i mean what do we expect is this a stupid move by the twins like i i the reason why i put this on the show notes is i just feel like this was just not a really good move for the twins they also did the weird thing with carlos correa where they signed him for a year and then he can walk like what are the twins thinking as far as financial uh, financially i mean is it are these smart moves are the twins or are they just making signings to kind of amp up their fan base? Well, I, I think you had to, I think you had to lock him down um, for the fans. I mean, uh, everybody loves Byron there, right? So mm-hmm. if you let him walk, you one risk the chance that he gets healthy somewhere else. Right. And, uh, fulfills potential. Um, yes, he is injured, uh, a lot in his, uh, in his time here. He's back to playing already, right? Uh, I think he was out a week. I thought he was out a week, I but thought I, I might just be saw wrong. Him batting somewhere. Maybe, I don't he know. Was. maybe not. 
I I'm not really. I was watching a game and they did show on the screen like all of his injury history, and I yeah. forget what game I was watching, but they showed that. Oh, you know what game it was? It wasn't even a game with the Twins. I don't think. I think it was like a game with the Angels that they randomly showed this on. I'm not sure why. Um, but yeah, that that's something that uh, you know they, they actually had like all of like his areas like circled and yeah. highlighted. Uh, and what the injury was and what year it was. But I don't blame them for doing this. Look, I mean, these, all of these clubs have so much money that they could actually spend that they don't want to spend. So I'm mm-hmm. happy he got his money. And hopefully they just get somebody that can help him get healthy and stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Maybe they have to look at their training team. You know, like yeah. whoever's in charge, like the team doctor, maybe, maybe they have to look at stuff like that because yeah. uh, it, it is ridiculous how often he has been injured. He's still young though. He's like 28. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's somebody that you need healthy because like you said, 140 games in 2017, 28 and 2018, 87 and 19, 39 and 2020, but that's out of 60, right? Mm-hmm. So played a good chunk of the season. Then 61 and seven so far this year. So um, definitely need uh, definitely need to continue um, making sure he's healthy and, and playing games and. Uh, yeah, but some people just get that injury bug more than more than others. Sometimes you can't control that, and maybe that's how it's going to be for him throughout his career. But I hope he figures it out, and I hope uh, they figure it out, and I hope Twins fans get to see this this kid play for um, many years now throughout the seven years that he signed for. It's got to be frustrating, and, and you feel for him. Um, so, oh, definitely frustrating. Like you said, yeah. when he pounded the ground, you know, you know, we've seen it too when we cover soccer, right? Like yes. Giovanni Reina, yeah. who just yeah. got injured again for Dortmund, U.S. men's national team player, who just came back from a lengthy hamstring injury, injured his hamstring again. He goes off the pitch crying, and he's pissed off. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's sometimes just like I'm sure in his head. Byron's like, I can't believe it again. And and it wasn't as bad as it was feared, right? So mm-hmm. I think part of that where everybody thought it was really bad was his reaction. Yeah. But I think you can just tell he's so fed up at it that even mm-hmm. any little tweak, he's like, Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Because he probably knows the narrative as well. Yes. You know, he, he's probably definitely heard the narrative. And no. who knows what people said to him when he signed the deal. You know, some people on social media can be real jerks and mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe when they do their calculations of how many how much it is per game, they're like, "Oh, here's it is here it is per sixty games he plays a year." You know, like some mm-hmm. people are cruel like that. Yep. So hearts go out to Byron. Um, and gosh, I just hope he can stay healthy because he really is exciting to watch when he is healthy. Um, and that was on a double that he had hit. Uh, I mean, he was you know smashing the baseball um, like he usually does, but. All right, let's let's stay in division. Let's talk about the White Sox. They currently have the best win percentage. However, their sample size is a lot smaller than others. They've been playing in the Midwest where things have been getting chilly, cold, rainy, sleet, games postponed. The games are all over the place here in April just because some teams are playing. Like you've got some teams that have played 10 games, 12 games, 
eight game like the Guardians. I know they were getting rained out, snowed out, uh, so they've had issues staying on the on the field. But the the, the White Sox do have the best win percentage, um, and had uh, three straight series wins, and that's what I wanted to talk about uh, the White Sox a little bit here. Um, and you know, I get a lot of those news things from clips and stuff from the beat writers in and around Chicago. So uh, I do want to talk about the fact that they don't have Lance Lynn or Lucas Giolito, uh, who are guys that are going to slot in into that middle of that rotation or top of that rotation, uh, guys that have had success in the past. Uh, Lance Lynn, I think, um, is further in his uh, – sorry, further away uh, in his chance to come back. I know that Lucas Giolito uh, could be coming back in the next couple of weeks here. Um, so adding to that starting rotation who at the time of the recording and uh, not including these games that are going on currently today, uh, cause they got absolutely shelled today, 11 to one. I think the guardians beat them today on the 20th, but before that, Jordan, they had the fourth best, uh, rotation starting rotation in the majors at 2.68 ERA without the two top guys. Uh, they also have former top prospect, Andrew Vaughn who is hitting 348 in just the seven games with a slash line of 348-400-652 with two home runs and six RBI. Uh, and if you look at their – I mean, if you look at their team, Jordan, you and I talked about them as being a silent threat to be one of those World Series contenders that could possibly push their way deep into the playoffs if their pitching could get going because their hitting is phenomenal. They got A.J. Pollock, who's hitting 571. Uh, who's currently injured but is coming back. The, the injury that he suffered was not as serious as they thought, so that's good for them. Tim Anderson is hitting 393. You have Andrew Vaughn, who's hitting 348. Uh, Jake Berger hitting 300. Um, Adam Angle hitting uh, at a, a 267 clip. Eloy Jimenez at 250. Jose Abreu at 273. Um, Lewis Robert, who's kind of struggled. Uh, but he's at 161, uh, and they got guys like him and Yasmani Grandal who typically uh, are going to be able to turn things around. Um, Josh Harrison as well. I mean, Jordan, if you just read off read off this roster and this list, good team in the White Sox. I don't. I know you probably get to see him a lot more than I do, even though they are not really across town, but not no, not really. Uh, Tony La Russa's coached them pretty well, uh, and this is a good lineup. I know they've got a young core that they're kind of surround themselves with, um, but. Overall, White Sox been pretty impressive. Uh, the the rotation's been really good. Any thoughts on the Sox? Yeah, not, not too impressed ones? actually. I'm not too impressed yeah. with them. Uh, you scared me with the AJ Pollock stat of 571 because I was like, what? And then he, he only hasn't played, played that games. much. Yeah, he <laughs> so he's much. only played two yeah. games. So uh, he's on the 10 day IL right now. Um, but I mean, look, Lurie Garcia is batting 0. .043. Mm-hmm. Um. I believe Rondell, he's the one like that had batting, issues last year. 160, with... Luis Robert batting 194, Gavin Sheets batting 188. Like, I, and, and look, actually, uh, a really interesting stat on baseball reference that I'm not familiar with is simple rating system. Mm-hmm. So what it does is it's the run differential plus the strength of schedule. Um, and it's like the number of runs per game that they are better or worse than the average team. Mm-hmm. And Chicago leading their division is at 0.0 of the SRS. Um, while Cleveland is at 0.8 and then the rest of the team uh, teams in the central are negative. Um, in the East, the top teams are actually in the negative. Um, and Tampa Bay Rays is the only team with a positive, but it's just 0.2. 
the teams with the best SRS, which is again the run differential plus strength of schedule, is the Mets with 2.3 and St. Louis Cardinals with 2.0, and then the Rockies and Dodgers with 2.0, and San Francisco actually has the best one with 2.8. Um, so I think that shows to me that the central really is up in the air when it comes down to that, uh, two games up, but the worst team is three games back. So it really is wide open for them Mm -hmm. having to go without Giolito and, um, uh, uh, who who else did you say? Um, Lance Lynn, Lance Mm -hmm. Lynn. Yes. That's going to be rough for them. I think for, for the time being. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they'll, they'll eventually be okay. I still think they'll win this division. I'm, I'm just going to say, but I think it might be very similar to last year where they win the division and then just don't really have much to show in the playoffs. Yeah. So. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Um, I, I think they could use a couple more pieces uh, i don't know the chicago's really always had a tough time adding pieces when they do add at the deadline it didn't work last year for them um so you kind of wonder is there anything that could work for them this uh year but as the deadline approaches uh in june or sorry july slash august we'll kind of talk about what could be added uh, in pieces that could be added but right now i mean you're, you're just kind of trying to figure out what these guys are doing we're only 11 games in for most of these teams on average um but Moving on, we'll move into the AL West where it's absolutely crowded. Uh, you, you look at the Houston Astros, the Athletics, the Angels, the Mariners. Um, Jordan, we thought that this division had the chance to be strong, but not this strong. Um, I think we're kind of surprised by obviously Oakland playing the way that they are in the rebuild that they're going through. Um, a lot of people were saying that Seattle would regress back to a, more of a mean because they outperformed and got lucky and and some of the stats and underlying numbers did not favor them last year. But Jordan, if you take a look at the standings right now, I mean, you got Oakland who's sitting top tied with the Los Angeles angels. um, And then you've got Seattle and Houston tied at six and five in that second spot. I mean, this is a good division uh, and I like watching this division. This is a fun division to watch. If you really like offense, (laughs) like this is a great division uh, to kind of plug into. I mean, you got guys, um, that are absolutely crushing the ball, uh, especially with the Angels. Uh, the Angels have been a lot of fun to watch so far this year. Um, Mike Trout, a little bit of a scare this uh, last week. Um, was it a ball in the hand, I believe it was, that he got yes. hit? Yes. Yeah. And they said it sounded like bone crushing, um, the way that it hit him in the hand. Um, but bounced back from it. He's playing again. Uh, but, man, they're getting good performances uh, by a lot of these guys, you got Matt Duffy, who's hitting 364 in eight games. Uh, in seven games, Jack Mayfield is playing or hitting um, 360. You've got Tyler Wade, who's hitting 360, uh, who's played 12 games. So that's, I mean, that's been a, a huge highlight. Jared Walsh uh, has been tearing the cover off the ball, 314. Um, Brandon Marsh has. Can I ask you? Good- can I ask you a question about the Angels and Joe yeah. Madden since you have experience yeah. with Joe Madden? Oh, you know no. What I'm gonna ask yes, here? I do know what you're going to ask. I forgot about this on the show notes. Okay, so they're they're losing. Yeah. They're losing already. And bases loaded as uh, – as um, who walks up? Corey Seager, right? Mm-hmm. Is that who it was? Yeah, it's Corey Seager. Yeah. yeah. For the Rangers, steps up. 
bases loaded, and Joe Madden decides let's intentionally walk him. And you can even see Trout's confusion as if you watch his reaction as he looks at each base, like, wait a minute. <laughs> what was your thoughts on Joe Madden doing this? Is this something that you're, you think maybe he, I don't know, outsmarted himself here? They did win the game. Afterwards, he said it was some sort of way to get their mojo going, which I think is just revisionist. Uh, <laughs> You know, because if it doesn't work out, what's he going to say, right? Like, yeah, it's kind of hindsight is 2020 at that point. At that point, he can make up any excuse because it worked. Or not really that worked, but he won the game. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on it? And is there any player right now currently playing that you would intentionally walk with bases loaded? Um, to answer that last question first, say a Suzuki. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But no, there's not There's not a Barry Bonds in this in this game anymore um i think the closest thing to it would have been mike trout a couple years ago but he's kind of not been as great as he once was so no um and 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 i don't think there really is anybody uh besides that bonds era maybe he might have been the only player in history maybe ruth uh back in the day where you just didn't want to do it uh and face him um but yeah, no. One, I I think nobody. There's nobody in this league that that warner, that garners a, a walk when you're losing by one um, already. And I, I just don't get what the. But Jordan, I can tell you, Joe Madden's thought process. Like it sounds just like what the crap he used to pull with the Cubs. He almost lost us a World Series. Um, and I'll continue to beat that drum where people go, well, a lot of things happened in that World Series. Yeah, but Kyle Hendricks was throwing a, a great game, and he decided to get cute and throw John Lester in. Not only did he throw John Lester in, he threw David Ross in behind the plate after Contreras had started the game, um, and it almost costed us. I mean, it, it really did. The, Lester gives up a couple runs. The the Guardians, uh, then the Indians, uh, got back in the game, and that's why it was so close at the end because um, the Cubs just kind of let him get back in the game. He did crap like this all the time. He tries to get cute with things. And while I love Joe, and I, I think that, that he's part of the reason why they were su- so successful in 2016 uh, and 2015, there were more years and more things that made you scratch your head. I mean, I, there were a lot of times I felt like Mike Trout, um, you know, looking at opening day rosters or looking at lineups that he would throw out there. Or he was the one that was also implementing that pitcher hitting eighth crap so many times, uh, more than so than not. Uh, you get to the eighth spot and of course there's the pitcher sitting and you're like, well, th- that's wonderful. Um, it, it, it was, it's like, there's times where he tries to outthink himself and I think it gets him in trouble. Hated this, but that being said, I mean, the angels are playing well. Um, and I think the, the biggest thing with Joe is he creates a, a environment of being loose. And I think guys like that. And I think that's why they play well. There's no, you know, doom and gloom with him. Um, where I think there are other managers that are very much like that. So, I, I mean, I think that's where they get the success from. But, again, it just to kind of answer your question in a long-winded way, I, I don't get Joe, and I never will. Um, thank you for 2016. But there were a lot of times where, you know, I think the, the Cubs could have been a lot more than what they were. Um, and I think part of that was because of him. So, I think it's stupid. I, I think anytime you're giving up an intentional run yeah. uh, is, is hurt. Because who is to say that you don't strike out Seager or ground out or mm-hmm. 
whatever you're giving up a free run that at a time i think they were losing by three or so three or four that made it four i think Mm -hmm. i think it was six to two when they walked them in and then they came back and won nine to six but Mm -hmm. that is something that i think could hurt the morale of the team of we're gonna walk this guy in because i'm too scared he's gonna hit a grand slam off of us Mm -hmm. and especially i think i heard somebody say like mike trout in a reaction to that gif you know mike trout is looking around thinking if that hasn't happened to me before it shouldn't be happening at all (laughs) he is the only player i think i I wouldn't intentionally walk seager because i'm worried he's gonna hit a grand slam i mean Mm -hmm. he's not really known i've never really thought of Corey seager like oh man we got to walk him because he's just going to hit one on us, you know, yeah. like, so uh, that's where I kind of stand on it. I think it was kind of a, a dumb move that he gets to kind of wash away a bit because his team kind of bailed him out. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, looking at the West though, I mean, the, the Oakland A's are surprising. You talked about the A's some there. Uh, the Houston Astros keep doing what the Houston Astros do. Uh, they're getting starting pitching like always. But well, I want to say last time we recorded, they were four and two. They're six that's, and five. That's so true. they've gone uh, two and three, right? Since we yeah. last spoke. Yep. Um, but I mean, again, if you look at if you look at the success of the Astros and. and I hate the beginning of the seasons because you just, it, it feels like a roller coaster ride, especially like because they haven't had, you know, they, they've had spring training cut short. They had the season kind of delayed. It, it's kind of messed things up, um, not only for hitters, but also for pitching. Um, the pitching hasn't been too sharp for some of these teams. Um, bullpens, especially bullpens, have been getting absolutely rocked um, just because I think the consistency is not there. Um, but overall, the AL West, I mean, it, it's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, Mariners have been playing okay, uh, but again, a lot of these teams, it's you need to get into like a, a full month of baseball before you can really start to kind of place these teams where they belong. Just because I think there's so much, uh, there's so many moving parts and injuries. Um, Altuve actually got hurt for the Astros, so he's going to miss some time, um, which isn't good. Um, but everybody in the West pretty much playing pretty well, and except the Texas Rangers, who almost spent uh, or who did spend over a half a billion dollars on middle infielders. That hasn't panned out very well. Um, so any last thoughts on the AL before we move into the East? Yeah, I was just going to say with what you mentioned about the Rangers, like mm-hmm. I kind of said in the previous show, I think that's more of a move for the next few years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not too concerned about about that. Apparently Seager's doing so well that they were scared to, to throw at him with bases loaded. So mm-hmm. <laughs> something's working. Um, working. But with the uh, with the AL East, one more time before we head out, Tampa Bay started out three and zero against the Orioles. Mm-hmm. They've since gone three and six, um, so they've had some some tough go recently as as Tampa Bay. So we'll see if they continue their, uh, you know, what they had won the AL East two years in a row. Let's mm-hmm. see if they can continue that because it's pretty rough on them right now. AL East, uh, the teams have been kind of disappointing right now. Six and five, pretty much all the way down. And uh, Toronto's been, while we talked about how much they score runs, I mean, actually, Tampa Bay is Toronto and so have Boston. So uh, even with all that firepower that Toronto has, Yankees, uh, Yankee fans are not very happy. This Yankee team couldn't even take two out of three against 
the O's. They would only win one. Um, I don't know how much longer Aaron Boone or, or Cashman can survive. Yeah. Uh, as the leadership of this team, because they are not putting together a good roster on Cashman's end. And then Boone keeps messing around with the lineups, keeps giving people rest days and uh, it's throwing off any momentum that they gain. And uh, not really what you want to see as a Yankee fan. So uh, Garrett Cole didn't have it last night at all. He pitched one, one and two thirds of, of an inning. Uh, so we'll see how the Yankees continue doing but they're actually reasonably in a spot for a division title even with all the doom and gloom of yankees twitter and stuff so mm-hmm. uh al east really still up for grabs right here all right let's go over to the nl east then since we're talking east uh the mats we've already discussed in length so we'll skip over them for now um the phillies jordan four and eight not playing that well their pitching's not good um their hitting has been below subpar it just it feels like, again, that the Phillies are just set up for having a disappointing year. Um, and we thought they were a team, Jordan, I know, especially you, you thought that with that offense that they could make some noise. Um, they were in for what? They were also a team that was was threatening a wild card uh, spot last year, but they kind of dipped and fell off the map. Um, Harper hasn't been as healthy and he hasn't hit it as well as he normally will. Um, and that's kind of concerning because I think it's a hand or an arm issue that he's throwing, maybe a shoulder that he's dealing with. He's hitting 250, uh, or sorry, 222 uh, currently. He only has the two home runs. Um, and I think there are some concerns for Bryce. I think there's some concerns, um, one, with their defense because their defense has just not been good. Um, their pitching has really struggled. I mean, this is a team that right now, Jordan, I mean, I think you're, you're looking at how much money they spend in the offseason to bring in Schwarber, to bring in uh, a guy like Nick Castellanos. Uh, those are guys that I think they thought were going to do extremely well, and it just hasn't kind of panned out here early in 2022. Yeah, the Phillies uh, are the Phillies, right? <laughs> uh, it seems like this for them. I remember people kind of talked them up last year. I mean, they might go on a run. And a bit later, uh, I mean, how many games have they played at home? I'm trying to look at that stat. Do we have that stat? Yes, we do. Hold on. Let me locate it. So they've went three for three at home and one and five away. So they're actually playing more games. Uh, no, they actually play the same amount of games home and away. Uh, the home field advantage for them now is going to be the the shorter field, the home run hitter friendly field. So that's what they're that's what they're gonna need to uh to kind of rely on away from home i didn't realize they were that bad one for five that's not it's not great away from home right now and that's really where they need to improve in order to uh move up the move up the ranks here but uh yeah i mean they've they they need some help they've uh, given up 61 runs mm-hmm. by the way <laughs> And have scored 48. Um, Mets have scored 59 and given up 30. So they have a really good run differential right now. And Philadelphia with a negative 13 run differential. The Braves have a negative 14 run differential. And the Nats all the way up there in like second uh, has a negative 10 run differential as well. So uh, 
what I see from that is Philly needs to score more runs. They probably also need to give up a few less. Yep. Uh, you expect it from that high potent offense. They did get nine runs, I think, today. Uh, I didn't end up seeing the final of that game. Well, it but... is. And again, it is April. Um, yeah. They're in the Cold. Northeast. So once it gets a little warmer next month, the ball is going to start flying out of that ballpark more than it is right now. Yes, they scored nine runs today against the Rockies. Six. We also don't know how good some of these teams they faced are. You know, like they faced the Mets recently, and now they face the Rockies, who are doing pretty well. Uh, so we don't know how much of it is, how much of it is that, and how much of it is, you know, uh, the fact that it's um, just their pitching sucks. I, I mean, we don't really know. Um, their pitching's been okay, I guess, but uh, they they won the game today. After they came from behind, they did hit some home runs today. They got Schwarber and Castellanos hitting some home runs. Bohm hit a home run, and Camargo hit a home run. So they're they're hitting some home runs now, uh, which is what they're going to need. And I, I'm sure in May, in June, in July, they might start cranking up a bit more, and you'll see some of this team get hot, mm-hmm. and uh, they'll probably start really outscoring the other team, uh, which is what they're going to need. But uh, right now it's going to be rough for them until they kind of get to that warmer weather, I think. Yeah, definitely. They're, and they're going to have to outscore teams, like you said. It, their their staff's just not good. Um, it's decent, but it's not going to get you over the line. I think they're going to struggle for some time, um, and especially with that defense in behind them. Um, so let's talk about the Braves, uh, the former uh, World Series champions, the, the reigning uh, World Series champions. A couple things here. Uh, notes of interest that I think Braves fans um, one will be a little bit sad about two they'll be a little bit happy about uh, Freddie uh, Freeman home run against the Braves his first of the season for the Dodgers um, and we'll talk about the West a, a little bit but not too much I do want to talk about the Dodgers are sitting nine and three they're currently the best team in, in or tied for the best team in uh, the NL with the Mets um, but Freddie hits his first home run as a Dodger against his former Braves uh, story you can't write any better, uh, I think. But uh, a home run in his first uh, appearance against the former club, and then Jordan he homered again today, um, making it two against his former club. Another thing that was kind of fun: Kenley Jansen in the game that the Braves did win had the save against the Dodgers. So that that was it was like the formers doing well against one another. Um, but Freddie, uh, as classy as he can do, I think uh, Freddie was basically in the in the sense of going, you know, I love my time there. Um, it, but you know, it, it was, it, it's a lot of fun playing here in LA. Uh, his quote was, there's no storyline or anything like that. There's no poetic justice or anything like that. Um, and then he goes on to say, I love the Atlanta Braves. I will always love the Atlanta Braves, but I'm happy. I was just able to help the Dodgers win a game tonight. I think people are expecting to come out and go screw off Atlanta Braves, uh, front office and, and everything else, but classy Freddie, um, just kind of speaking his heart. Uh, pretty cool moment, Jordan. Uh, did you get to see any of that game? I, it was late. Um, I just saw I saw a tweet go up, and I was like, oh, crap, he hit a home run. Uh, that was the only part I saw really was the yeah. home run because um, I think that was on the same time as one of the Oriole games since, yeah. the, since the Orioles are on the West. So I was watching that one mainly. Um, but, yeah, I did, see the, I did see the home run, and I did see J- uh, Jensen, uh, you know, Kenley Jansen coming mm-hmm. into – 
steal it uh people made jokes that it was like the you know uh fantasy draft on a career mode you know <laughs> where yeah. like it's so bizarre seeing these two these two players that were so synonymous with the team that they are now currently facing yeah uh it was, it was pretty fun Jordan, the Braves got great news. Ronald Acuna Jr. went one for three with a double in his first rehab appearance on Tuesday night for Triple A Gwinnett. Uh, Acuna is again returning from a torn ACL um, and hit leadoff for the the Stripers. That's an interesting name. Uh, flying out to center field and his first at bat doubling off the wall in right center in his second, about hit it out, and then finishes his evening with a ground out the third. But Looked healthy, looked good. Uh, and Ronald Cooney Jr., Jordan, you had this guy do the, a Braves lineup. Um, and just kind of some stats from over the last couple of years. In 2021, he hit 283 with a 394 uh, on base percentage and a 596 slugging. That was a good for 990 OPS, which was the best of his career um, and was playing extremely well until he goes down with that ACL injury. Um, we haven't seen a lot of Ronald Acuna Jr. because 2020 was short and he only played in 46 games. Um, but before that, he played 156 games with those Braves um, and did have 101 RBIs and 41 home runs. Jordan, you slot him back into the top of this lineup and they become a really big threat in the NL East. Do you think that it's reasonable that they can you know, compete with the Mets in this division? Uh, it'll be a boost for them for sure because, uh, look, if they were able to win a World Series without him, just think what they could do with him, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's kind of what you can kind of think of there. So I do think he'll be a, a big boost um, for them for sure. Braves I don't offense. know enough. Sorry, yeah. I don't know enough. No, yeah. It's going to be enough yeah. like for the, against the Mets, but uh, they'll, they'll, have a, they'll have a chance. Yep. Um, Braves offense, not as good. I, I think right now, um, they're still kind of sharpening their teeth. Matt Olson has actually played pretty well, um, since coming over and he's been about it. <laughs> um, the Braves, you know, I think kind of in that slumber, it's so hard to repeat as a champion. I can remember watching the Cubs in 2017. It was brutal. Um, just because you expect so much to go right. And it just, you can just tell the guys are just in this, like, Hey, we did it <laughs> already. Like what more do you want? Um, it's so difficult uh, in this sport. It's probably, I think it's the most difficult of the sports to repeat. And let's move on to NL Central. Um, that's enough for the East. And Jordan, I want to talk not about the hot teams. The Cardinals are playing extremely well. Um, one of the best offenses in the league, and especially uh, in as far as patience as the Cardinals normally do. The Brewers are turning the corner and absolutely hammering the ball. The Cubs kind of falling off here against Tampa Bay. Going to lose two out of three, it looks like, because they're losing five to nothing currently today so they're kind of getting into that you know what people kind of expected i think the pitching will struggle some but the reds that's who i want to talk about it's not even the pirates the pirates are usually the disaster that we're talking about let's talk about the reds two and ten jordan the owner is now provoking his fan base on their opening day in cincinnati at their opening day parade cincinnati does like this walk up to the stadium where they parade their guys in they ride in on cars and stuff like that it's pretty cool um, and Cincinnati is a great baseball uh, city. The, the fans are very passionate. But their president and CFO, Phil Castellini, comes out and he was making his media rounds, Jordan, and uh, right, right before the home opener against the Cleveland Guardians, um, he didn't take long to comment on a fan movement that has been pushing on Twitter that was basically, let's get rid of this ownership. It's crap because the Castanellis have owned that for quite some time. Uh, the quote, Jordan, is, 
Where, well, where would you, or where are you going to go? Let's start there. Sell the team to who? That's the other thing. You want to have this debate. What would you do with this team to be, have it make, or sorry, have it more profitable, make more money, compete more in the current economic system that this game exists. It would be uh, to pick it up and move it somewhere else. Be careful what you ask for. And then he goes on to say, are you going to abandon being a Reds fan? Are you going to abandon following this team? We haven't abandoned it. We haven't abandoned investing in the team and the community. The point is how about everybody just settle down and celebrate and cheer for this team. You can hate on us all you want, but we're not going anywhere. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Jordan? Because when I read that, I was like, that is uh, hostile towards uh, a fan base that's usually pretty passionate and does show up to the games. Uh, this is crap. Like, this whole statement is crap. Like, anytime you threaten relocation or um, say that that's the only way to make it, what, profitable or make mm-hmm. it, uh, like, successful is, is yeah. crap. I mean, if you can't own a team or invest in the team, then it's time to sell the team. It's as simple as it is. It It really is just this weird situation where Cincinnati Reds are some of the is one of the oldest franchises one of the most important franchises in in Major League Baseball and the state it is in right now as Mm -hmm. a legacy franchise is just uh, brutal absolutely brutal Um, I I hope the fans do continue whatever they're doing to protest. Uh, you know, where are they going to go? They're just not going to watch baseball. doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they're going to become a fan of another team. They're just going to give up on baseball until they put out a good product. Uh, I wish I could say that they'd go watch uh, FC Cincinnati, but that's just in a bad state <laughs> don't as, do that as the Reds are. So, they're probably going to become really diehard more Bengal fans because the Bengals mm-hmm. have a great future ahead of them right now. Mm-hmm. In a sport that is dying in this country right now, having trouble fans and having trouble drawing in some new fans, the last thing you want to do is piss off the fans that you already have, the fans mm-hmm. that already been there. Now, I can't imagine as a Reds fan – if I was a Reds fan, I can't imagine either switching teams or uh, or not watching. Yeah, I mean, I've put up with a lot of really bad Oriole teams, and it's because they just mean a lot to me. And, yes, I can be angry and upset with the, the ownership and stuff, but I don't think I could ever stop watching. So that's probably partly on me as well because I'm sure there's Reds fans that are like that as well. And they probably think, I wish I could because it would send a message, but I can't. And uh, I I think whatever they need to do, because this is just a franchise that should be in a better spot right now. I mean, this is a team that just missed out on the playoffs, just missed out on the playoffs and decided, hey, let's celebrate. They have one of the most exciting young pitchers in the league right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, they have two wins. Um. They have Joey Votto, who's really done a great service to this franchise mm-hmm. his whole time there, and he's going to be setting off in the sunset soon. And, you know, they just haven't really done enough. Yep. 
And watching them as a Cubs fan, you know, you try to remove the blinders um, from just the hate that you have for the Reds sometimes. And I mean, it really doesn't make sense. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the NL Central dislike the Reds because they've always they always get under people's skin. I know Amir Garrett was a big issue for the Cardinals, the Cubs, the Brewers trying to get over. It. But then you you talk about it, Jordan. I mean, none of these guys are here for much longer than a year. I mean, they go and trade Jesse Winkler, they go and trade you and Suarez, they go trade you know Sonny Gray, they get rid of guys like that amir garrett who was a good piece in the back of that bullpen um they got rid of a chapman didn't really care much for him um to to bring him back i mean this fan base like you said jordan they, they don't show any interest in keeping guys there and happy the only one that they've ever done it with is joey Votto, and i almost feel like like you said it's a disservice to him it's it's almost like they're keeping him hostage and i and i do hope joey does get to go play elsewhere i mean I, I, that's sad for red fans here i think but i think he deserves to have that chance to go play somewhere where he can be in a competitive baseball game again. Cause this guy, uh, you know, I, we, you and I talk about this a lot of, about guys on, you know, like a Mike Trout, this guy's a, was a special player coming up through the system and he was a special player for the Reds for so long. And you want to see him in postseason baseball. Cause that's where those legends go and they live and make a living. Uh, and he's not been able to kind of experience that as a, as a red. So it is kind of disappointing to see this. Um, and tension's kind of boiling over here. Um, the, the Reds, uh, I don't know if you saw this slide, Jordan. Um, it's Voigt's slide, Luke Voigt's slide to into home. I think that's his name, Luke, right? Um, his first name. Uh, and the Reds are upset. Tommy Pham, who was a former Padre, um, where Luke Voigt currently plays, uh, said, I don't like it at all the way that Voigt's hands hit Stevens in the face. It was dirty. If Luke wants to settle it, I get down really well. Anything, I think it's Muay Thai uh, or whatever. I'm just, I've got a gym owner here who will let me into his facility. Um, the Reds, tempers flaring. Slide, Jordan, did you think it was dirty? Have you seen the slide? What are your thoughts on, on the slide by Luke Floyd? Yeah, it's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, I think it's dirty. Yeah. Um, you could really hurt that guy's neck, man. The way mm-hmm. he slides it. I, I get what he's trying to do. I don't think he meant to do it that way. I think he was trying to push him. Yeah. Right. If I can push him, I can get in there, but it ends up being real close to the guy's head and kind of like going where his arm is into his neck and mm-hmm. it looks uncomfortable. It doesn't look fun. And uh, ultimately he's out. Right. Yeah. I mean, he gets tagged. I don't understand. He wasn't really, uh, if anything, you, you try to swat the glove, right? You try to swat the glove to get the ball to drop out. You yeah, know? Right. I feel like you're aiming it at the wrong spot there, <laughs> hitting him in the head. Tyler Stevenson did suffer a concussion from this slide too. So it, it wasn't like it was, you know, one of those bang, bang, and it was just like gets up and he gets in the face. I mean, it, it hit – the head goes back, it hits the ground. I mean, he looked bent out of shape and – I mean, it, it was, it was dirty. You don't throw your hands up. Uh, your sliding is enough. The only time you ever really throw your hands up if you're bracing to go like this, but it was clearly he comes down, like he's coming down to swat and you don't do that. That's not natural in any kind of slide you would ever do. So it, it is, it, I thought it was dirty. I thought it deserves suspension. He kind of goes in pretty high too, as he's sliding, he goes in in a high angle, um, which is often taught the people who are trying to get into people, to put some cleats into them. Um, not saying that was his intention, but that is, you know, that's going to happen when you're coming in at such a high angle that he did in that slide into home. Um, and they've tried to protect catchers because catchers are pretty much defenseless. They're kind of like quarterbacks. They don't really see what's coming. Um, and he really just didn't have time to react. 
Um, but I do want, before we kind of uh, wrap up uh, the show and kind of go, I do want to talk one more topic on the NL West. We talked about the Dodgers absolutely on a tear, nine and three currently sitting on top of the NL West. Colorado Rockies at eight and four, the San Diego Padres at nine and five, Jordan uh, and the San Francisco Giants at seven and four. Really good teams here in the West. And you and I talked about this. Like this could be a team that has three three teams that enter the playoffs, um, especially if the Giants can keep par. We didn't expect the Rockies to be as good as they are. That might change depending on how the season goes. Their pitching has been good, but it wasn't expected to be this good. Their lineup has crushed the ball. Um, but, Jordan, I mean, the, as far as the NL West, if you're looking at the teams here listed, um, is there like a clear favorite out of the – I mean, are we still thinking the Dodgers, the clear favorites to win this division because they've kind of just owned this division? Or do you think that somebody like San Francisco, Colorado, or San Diego can really put a stop to this Dodger run, especially with the way San Diego pitches and San Francisco pitch? I think you can't doubt San Francisco. Um, San Diego, I guess I'm more of a you have to show me because they've kind of been in this position before. Uh, Colorado, I, I, I will see. I think they will fall backwards a bit. So, uh, especially once these teams start playing each other, I don't even think Colorado's really, I, I know that they've played what the Cubs, they've played the Phillies. Uh, mm-hmm. Think of all the teams they've played. I'm not so sure if they've even played that many, um, you know, that many, uh, games in, their division right now. That's what I'm searching for right now. They face the Rangers. They face the Dodgers to start the season. That was it. And the Dodgers lost two out of those three. So that's, that's the only game that they've played. Those are the only series they've played in division. So I guess we'll Mm -hmm. see how, how it goes from there for the Rockies, but, I, I think the Dodgers are going to win this division, but I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be so sure that that is um, a lock. I think San Fran can do it. I guess technically San Diego can do it if they hang around until Tatis is back and he stays mm-hmm. healthy. But uh, ultimately, I think it'll still be the Dodgers. All right. Any last thoughts on the NL before we kind of wrap it up and get going? Well, to wrap it up right now, I just wanted to say that I saw this cool stat on a game that's playing right now. So uh, the Angels scored six against Houston in the first inning, and Shohei Otani is the first starting pitcher to bat twice before taking the mound in any game that Baseball (laughs) Reference has play-by-play data for. I love that. It's nearly 100% complete back to 1960 and mostly complete to 1925. Wow. So pretty good because they batted around in that mm-hmm. in that first inning. So he got to bat twice and they're on the road, and then he went out there to pitch. So that's how that happened. That's from Jeremy Frank on Twitter at MLB Randoms. People are interested in locating that. I love random stats. They're fun. Especially baseball, I feel like that's why I like the Kirkjian ones because I feel like the they're so bizarre because baseball can be so weird at times. Um, I don't know. It's a baseball's a random sport. I love their random stats, but 
yeah, Jordan, you should find a random stat every day. <laughs> every single time we record. Um, that. Orioles yeah. scored a run, by the way, so I'd like to wrap it up with that. <laughs> okay, good. So the Orioles scored a run. What's the score currently? One nothing. One nothing. At least you're doing better. Five nothing for the Cubbies losing to them. But yes, you're right, Jordan. The the Orioles are what are important here. Um, I did see too, Jordan, that Adley Rutschman was getting ready. You know, possibly to return in the next week or so. As far as get like, like rehabbing. Yeah, it's been a lot longer than the two weeks they yeah. said four four weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So uh, yeah, that about wraps us up. Jordan, um, anything you want to plug? Uh, word from the warehouse? Are you doing anything over there besides just kind of recapping anything exciting going on? Well, it hasn't been a lot of exciting stuff to recap <laughs> over there right Any kind now. of sad crap you want to tell us? <laughs> I did see uh, John Means is out for 60 days officially. He's on the IL 60 days, yeah. yeah. Could Yikes. maybe not pitch again the rest of the season. So Oof. I'll be drowning my sorrows in my coke zero uh the rest of the season here as we probably won't have another john means day where we get to watch him pitch Mm. but uh yeah i mean i don't know i think it's uh it is a tough tough time i i try to still have fun over there uh here's the thing this team is not very good at scoring runs i saw a stat earlier that was like out of the 120 some innings that have been played so far is that how many innings have been played 120 yeah um somewhere around there before this game kicked off it was let me see if i can find the stat real quick because i have that too if you want another nice random stat but it's like out of the 120 innings or so the orioles have scored in 88 Oof. Or have not scored an 88, sorry. I was going to say, I was like, damn, they are good, man. What's wrong with their pitching staff? (laughs) Yeah, sorry, I I messed that up. Have not scored in 88 of like the 100 and some innings. So they've only been scoring Is that not good? That is not good. And in fact, I think (laughs) they've been 100 innings because I think it was 12. 12 innings that they had scored runs in or something. So they have... They had went uh, at a certain point, you know, like seven for 89 and runners in scoring position and mm. 50% of those outs were strikeouts. They were having a real rough time um, up until they scored five runs against the Yankees on Sunday. But again, over here in Oakland, they've been really struggling for runs. I think they're mm. probably at one or two runs a game over in Oakland right now. Yikes. Well, my my thoughts are out there for you, uh, Oriole fans. Um, I know it's rough, but hey. Yes, hey, thoughts and prayers. There are some, yeah, there are some bright, bright uh, days, I think, ahead for the Orioles. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that for you, just because I know how exciting it can be looking for those young guys to start to kind of come up, especially when some of these guys start to hit. You're like, all right, this is great. Like, this is a lot of fun. It's just, I finally have something to be excited about again. And even though it's July and we suck. Um, so it's it's cool um, but yeah thanks for uh thanks for listening if you if you like this show please rate record or rate and record um rate share like subscribe uh throw some reviews up if you really if you are. want to record an episode for us you too you can to. do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep exactly so if you want to hear uh jordan's musings about the orioles you can go on the word uh word from the warehouse 
over there uh, on Spotify or anywhere you get your, uh, it looks like a lot of Apple podcasts for a lot of these episodes, but um, you can find us anywhere. There's platforms that you get your podcast. You can find me talking about the Cubs and our demise here in the next coming weeks as we're starting to kind of slow down a little bit. Um, and the Cubs courier is where you can find me talking about the Cubs. Uh, yay. Good stuff there. Um, there's some Ivy in there growing in behind us. Uh, hopefully it's not poisonous because I'm allergic. Um, and you can find us the extra innings baseball show, anywhere you get podcasts. We really appreciate you listening to us. You can find us, uh, over on Facebook at extra inning baseball show, Twitter, extra inning show. And at Instagram, uh, you can find us at extra innings baseball show. I have been your host, Logan stump. That is Jordan Wiegand, uh, the key keeper for Camden yards, um, turn out the lights, Jordan, before you head out because the Orioles are currently not going. Well, there you go. Um, at least somebody's hitting the lights out uh, over there in Camden. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your week. Enjoy the baseball. The Extra Innings Baseball Show is hosted by Logan Stump, edited and produced by Jordan Wiegand. And we hope that everybody enjoys us talking some baseball in this MLB 2022 season that is upcoming. Thank you.